But anyway, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, cats and kittens, aliens and predators, to the latest and greatest club at the Restaurant Theater Universe. Welcome back to 42. I am one of your hosts, Jacob, and beside me is Ryan. Ryan, how are you doing today? Um, I'm great, actually. It's Friday night, and uh, I'm actually happy to be doing this. I enjoy it. I'm happy to be here. I appreciate Talking you. about the, uh, the, la- the, l- <laughs> the late great human race. That's it. I appreciate you taking a night off of magic so we don't have to do this on Super Bowl. It is Super Bowl Sunday for all you in the future, and I guess will be your past. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I never thought of that weird paradox. Well, not paradox. <laughs> that's a little weird thing there. We're talking to the future, and the people who are listening are listening to the past. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yep. So, I mean, we probably won't talk too much too much sports ball on this show, but the Super Bowl is coming up. So who you got, Ryan? Who you got in this the big game? Seahawks, Pats, Super Bowl 49 in Arizona. In Arizona, Seahawks, Seattle. Where are the Patriots actually from? Like, where is New England exactly? It's Boston. It's basically Boston. Okay, so they're, they're Boston. From, they're in Massachusetts. Okay. Hmm. Man, who? Do you, I don't know. I think the who's the team that cheats? The Patriots, right? The Patriots are the team. That <laughs> <laughs> I think they have a. If everything else is even, you got to give it to the cheaters. Well, the I read something that the NFL is going to be guarding the footballs before <laughs> they. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, um, given off of pure skill, considering I have no idea who is at all on the Seahawks. I don't know. I really don't know. I'd hope the Seahawks win. Yeah, I'd like to see the Seahawks win. God, yeah. It's Seattle's, actually yeah. one of the smallest spreads in Super Bowl history. It's a one-point betting spread. So it's basically a pick So Vegas doesn't no even know who's going to win this football game. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah, it's like the third, second or third time in Super Bowl history it's been a one-point spread. So who would you give it to? I mean, okay, so last year, because Seattle won last year, and it's sort of a sort of a, a remake of last year's Super Bowl, because last year it was the Denver Broncos with Peyton Manning, <laughs> the historically right? good offense, like second mm-hmm. most points scored or most points scored by an offense or something crazy like that. Of course. And Seattle has the best defense in football, bar none. Right now, is that true today? Right, yes. They, I go with the Seahawks. Then. They have the number one rated defense, and they have the number one scoring defense in the NFL. Yep, well, I give it to the Seahawks then. So, I mean, historically, as football goes, isn't it traditionally the uh, the defense that wins championships, uh, like, right? Mm-hmm. Offense wins games, defense wins championships? That's been the miss. Yeah, I mean, that's what they say. Yeah. But I mean, but, I mean Seattle is a good offensive team, too. Ooh, well, then that's, you know, if you have both of them, come on. Right. Man. So, but it'll you know be, I think be it interesting is? because you know what I think it is. Hmm. They legalized weed. <laughs> if you notice, they've gone to the Super Bowl and won it since they done that. I mean, last year the both uh, uh, yeah, it was the weed bowl. Yep, yeah, the weed bowl. <laughs> yeah, I saw an article where someone is like one of the dispensaries. They've rolled like. 12,000 12, repackaged joints. joints for the game. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah, the yeah the joints come pre-rolled and then they just yeah slide the stuff in with a funnel and roll the tips. There you go. Yeah. But still, yeah, five bucks a dollar. I mean, at five bucks a joint, what's that worth? I mean, that's just twelve thousand times five, right? Sixty sixty G's. It's not bad. It's not bad, you know. It's not bad. I'll I'll hand roll twelve thousand of anything for sixty grand. <laughs> What the fuck, man? Well, but, you know, you got to factor in your cost for the product and blah, 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 you know, overhead and time. and. Correct. That is a thing. But I saw somewhere that, um, like, you may, you might make, like, $800 or $80 on an acre of corn. And you might make, like, $70 on an acre of soybean. You might make, like, $90 on an acre of, um, you know, cabbage, if you're lucky enough that you're, you know, Lamb can grow it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Do you know what the average per acre you can make on smoke was? What? 2500 It's about right. The disparity, the, that'll have to come down quickly, right? Oh, absolutely. Because as far as more things legalize it? Right. And that's mm-hmm. the thing I've been, you know, looking at and, cause the, the, the whole, the whole legalization thing is just absolutely fascinating. It's one of the, maybe the only time in our lifetime that something has, Something like wheat has gone from black market to free to sell. I mean, you know, not just, you know, black market to with a prescription, but black market to public sale. So mm-hmm. seeing that, and the question I have is, is right now, um, wheat is a luxury item. It is yes. a, uh, luxury isn't the right word. Um, shit. But anyway, that's it's, it's a luxury. It's a it's a scarce item. It's hard to come by, so prices are high. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. But my question is, is I mean, all, I think all it really takes is either California or Texas to legalize it. Holy shit! And but see, the thing is, is then you start hitting the factors of scale because you know. The moment Philip Morris can get their claws into it, they're going to plow down half their tobacco fields and start popping weed in. So where does that grow at? So we need Tennessee to legalize it? Uh, well, it, it kind of depends. Because, I mean, they have I mean, fields they're all global, over. They're global now, right? And the thing is, is they can move in anywhere they want to. They're, you know, a gigantic company. Mm-hmm. If, if they want to be in a state, like, especially if it's worth it, you know they could buy... 10,000 acres of Texas farmland tomorrow without even blinking. Yeah, it, I don't even think they would struggle at all. Yeah. Right, and so it'll be really interesting to see, cause, especially because the big push, one of the big pushes for the legalization is tax revenue. And, you know, Colorado's doing pretty good because of the tourism, and but it's kind of like casinos. What happens when every state has a casino? No one goes to Vegas, and that's why Vegas is hurting right now because so many people just don't go anymore. Because they can just go down the road. That's interesting. So yeah, what? Oh, go ahead. I don't. I don't see Texas. I mean, that's where I live. I don't see them legalizing it here. Oh yes, I'm just using it as an example. I know, but it's one of the ones that would matter, right? What are the other examples that you have? Well, let's see. California. <sighs> well, we already lost. I mean, DC already. Yeah, but that, but yeah, they did. And it was weird. That was weird. Uh, I mean, the the four big players left to go full on, you know, recreational would be Cali, Texas, Florida, and New York. Mm. Either four of those fall, it's over. 
like full on commoditization of the product. And then you'll just start seeing other states just start falling and maybe a few holdouts well, from a maybe, few years. but I mean, I'm just saying in terms of like prices and tax revenues and things like that. Cause you know, you know, every, every stoner who's got the money is going to go to Colorado or Washington state on a vacation because they can, you know, right. they can smoke it legally. And, but if they don't have to or they don't have to travel as far. So say, say New York drops, right? Mm-hmm. So all your East Coast people. Yes. Are going to go probably to New York. Right. It's closer. It's a lot cheaper. Then so then you start dividing Colorado. the country. And so then, then the tax revenues start to shift away. And so what you might see just two states, you think? It's like two different tourist destinations. You, you might could. get like I a mean, Florida yeah. or a New York and then Colorado gets to keep it and it's just a split. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, think about it like for a long time. Interesting if it drove tourism. I mean, it is, I mean, I mean, Colorado has seen an uptick in tour in tourism since they, yes, they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can't find a open warehouse space anywhere. No, I mean, it's, it's crazy. I mean, it's definitely the new gold rush. Right now, in Colorado, I know Washington was a bit more restrictive when they passed the law. That's why they're just now getting up and running. Yes, yes, um, much more expensive there. Well, yeah, because it's uh, it's taxed twenty five percent at every level. So when Damn. it's taxed, the value is if okay if I if I remember this right, it's taxed twenty five percent when it's grown. No, it's every time it's sold. So it's grown. From the grower to the yeah, the distributor to you. Right. And so yeah. I did the math on it. It ends up being like an eighty percent tax on the Gosh on damn. But I know one reason, I don't know if they still have it or what, is one of the requirements in the Washington law was to be able to gauge the potency kind of like alcohol content. And I know that was a big big issue for a long time was trying to figure out a way to kind of do that. Hmm. Yeah. I like Colorado's version better. Just uh, wild west green rush. Let's see what happens. Right. I mean, but it's, I mean, you know, they've made a bunch of money. Crime rates have gone down. The war, the sky didn't fall. I will say one thing that's interesting. Hmm. So I have a friend who smokes, <laughs> right? Right. And, um, Say the prices in Colorado for an ounce were maybe two eighty. Mm-hmm. My said friend was picking ounces up for two ninety, two eighty not long ago. You know, I can get them for three twenty. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just like that's really interesting that somewhere like Colorado, where it's legal, isn't that much further away from somewhere in Texas where it's like highly not legal. And I don't think it's my proximity because you know Houston's a long ways. No, it's uh, it's supply, supply and demand. Um, the ille- illegality, especially for weed. I mean, if you were talking like coke, it'd probably be a lot different. But <laughs> since it's just weed, uh, it's you know. It, uh, I mean, didn't weird, they decriminalize it in Texas? No. Or Perry Perry wanted it to be decriminalized. Yes, and Austin did. Austin just will give you like a fifty dollar fine or two hundred and fifty dollar fine, no big deal. Right. But um if you live out near Magnolia, that's not their view. 
<laughs> That's not how they view it. No. No. No, no, no. They're not cool with it at all. Yeah, can't win them all. <laughs> Someday. Yeah, we shall see. Yeah, I mean, if you had a bunch of money and say there was a startup company, or not even a startup company, well, how would you, I don't even know how you, would you invest in it? I'm not sure how you would, but if you would, or if you could, would you? Um, you got a hundred grand, you have one million dollars in the bank, how much would you put in it? I don't know, I'd have to look and see what it is, you know, I... Right, yeah, to make, you know, I mean, but the, how much are you willing to bet, is what I'm kind of asking. What do you think? Is it gonna pan out? Is it you gonna, gotta get in, you gotta get in before one of the big four fall. Before everybody else tries to get in. Right. I mean Do you or don't you? Do you wait? Do you think it's gonna fall or not, I guess is what I'm asking. Um It's hard to say. Um it will never I don't think it'll ever be nationwide unless the federal government decriminalizes it. Do you think they will? Do you think they'll maybe not even decriminalize it, but maybe they'll move it down to where it's not a big deal. I doubt it. Not not okay. not in the next ten years. Yeah, ten years is so short nowadays, though. But see, the problem is, is uh, well, just terms of investment potential. Right. Um, it's it's a, it's going to be a steady grower. Grower. Uh-huh. <laughs> what? <laughs> but uh, but um, uh, they the the big bull rush. You've kind that's kind of gone. Unless you can find someone who can just change the fucking game. You know, cause, mm. I mean, weed, even though it has been illegal, like, but it's been, you know, medical has been, what, 15 years, 20 years now? Like, how oh, long is yeah, medical? I think they passed it in 98. So we're going on 20 years? Uh, in, Cali- in California, right? So 1998 to 2008 to 10. We're in 2015, so we're three years away. I'm trying to see the first... What, 17 years ago? 96. 96. So we are one year away, 19 years. Yeah, Yeah. 19 years. So so there's been a lot of development in terms of growing and people putting money into it because there's been money to be made. And so, you mean, it's still, even though it's new, quote-unquote... The industry's still been there. It's just been smaller. So, but there's been still that that you know twenty year technological you know technologically advancing cycle. People figure out new ways to do it, more efficient ways to do it. Because I mean, in the end, it's just a product. You know, it's going to be you know the na- the normal things that happen to products is going to happen to weed that has happened to every other product. People have figured out how to do it faster and cheaper. And what you'll probably see, I'm guessing, is a split. Like you're going to see it like wine. You're going to have your, you know, $5 jugs and your $200 bottles. You're going to have your connoisseur and commercial. Yeah. And so that's. It exists now. It exists now. It exists now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can, we can go from 280 to we can get 400. But. Without it being legal here, right? Like I can't just go somewhere and buy it. You're taking a really big risk on that 400, because you're probably just getting 280 dollars stuff for 400. Uh, makes you know sense. What I mean, you're just getting taken. You're just getting taken. 
But occasionally, if you do get that $400 stuff, it's just like, holy shit. It's like, oh, and that's most likely what's $200, $280 in Colorado. You know what I mean? Oh, well, I've actually read stuff where um, the black market, the illegal market for weed is thriving in Colorado, too, because the prices are actually cheaper. Oh, on the on the black market? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's because all those warehouses are letting pounds go out the back door. Uh, yeah, yeah like, no doubt about it. It's another funny thing about this is, uh, like, selection bias and brand loyalty is, like, in full display because, like, you, you see these people getting arrested for buying weed, you know, uh, you know, from dealers in Colorado. And so much you're like, well, I've been buying from this guy for 10 years. I'm not going to leave him. Even though it's legal right down the road. <laughs> the humans are such creatures of habit. It's insane. It's insane how like important habits are to humans. Is that an example of habit? Or is that an example of community? Like community. Like a friendship. Well, I mean that's I know this guy. I'm comfortable. Well and that's mm-hmm. is it a comfortableness? Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess that is a habit. It's the comfortableness in the experience. I do this all the time. Right, I do it all the time. And he might be your friend, but you right, know, but he could still be your friend, and you could go by weed on the your, street. I mean, friends. Are, uh, I see what you're saying. Friends are just habits that talk. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's very. That's very profound. I had to clip that out. That's I like that. Friends are just habits that talk. Hmm. And some of those friends are very. And some of your habits are very bad, and some of them are very good. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting way. Oh. Mm, sorry, I've got the coughs tonight. Ooh. Oh, yeah? It's that cold weather, man. Yeah, asthma's a bitch, dude. What is your, um, <clears throat> what is the temperature right now? Mm, probably in the mid-teens. Wait, what? Like, mid-teens, like 17, 16, 17, 14, according to weather.com. Ooh. Man, that's not right. It's not bad though. I mean, that's, really, that's bad. No. Yes. Once, I mean, Grant, you've all only ever lived in Houston your entire life, so I understand. Ask me what it is right now. It's, well, it's, it's got a warm front, probably, so probably like sixty, sixty-five. That's about right. I'm in shorts. So, but the thing is, is like, a, it's not as humid as it is in Houston, and b, it's not as windy as it is in Oklahoma. Okay. So it's, it's, I mean, as long as you dress properly, which that's the key is dressing properly, it's not bad. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's cold, but it's, you can deal with it. Like if you got to get from your car to inside wherever, you, you know, it's not so bad that you're just like, yeah, I'm definitely not leaving the house. Now later, like Monday, Sunday night, Monday, it's supposed to get down to like minus eight. That's too cold. That's just too cold. <laughs> that is too cold. Right? Like, it's something like moving up here, right? Like, I never owned scarves or gloves. Now they're like an everyday wear, you know? Like, I wear a scarf every day into work because it keeps my neck warm and keeps cold air out of my jacket. And Like, I used to make fun of people who wore that kind of stuff. Now I'm like, oh, I get it. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a smart person. <laughs> but, you know, living in Oklahoma or Texas, you know, if, if the weather gets really bad, it's bad for like two days and you suck it up and you get through it. Yep. That's right. But here, you know, it's just, it, when it gets cold, it stays cold. 
Fuck that, man. You fucked up. You need to move. Hey, I like hey. the cold. I like cold over the heat. You want to see something crazy? Mm. See that that link I just sent you? Oh, the Tesla insane mode. Have you seen this? I've seen some of it, yeah. Why don't we like queue it up at like zero and we could watch it together? Or we can just watch like a few of it. All Let's right. see. Let me find the good spot. Yeah, right here. Uh, go to seven. Okay, seven now. Mm-hmm. All right, so three, two, one, go. So he's just sitting in the car, and he's just explaining to her what it is, and then he hits mm-hmm. it, and they're at yeah, 60 miles out. an hour in, like, three seconds. What do you think of that? How much fun does that look like? It's sick. Yeah, I just don't like electric, awesome. man. Like, electric is the mm. is not is not the answer. It's not the answer? No. How about, oh, what? In terms well, too bad for you because that's what we're going toward. I, I mean, know. What of what? Like twenty years from now, we can't drive our own cars and they're electric or hydrogen. Well, the problem is, is it's it's one or the other. It's either electric or it's hydrogen. Well, I would prefer hydrogen. Well, I, would I think hydrogen, hydrogen would give too. you that more of that what we consider a natural engine kind of feeling. Right, but no, it's it's um because you're burning hydrogen. You right? still have right, but with um with electricity, you still have to burn a shit ton of fossil fuels and other things to get that electricity. It's just where you're doing it. You're either you're either doing it in your car or you're doing it at the power plant. I mean, it's it's not quite one for one, but it's close. So That's it's just, true. It's just that is true. It's and so with but it's not like nearly as close with electric. It's on. It's cents on the mile compared to tens of cents on the mile. Right. It's a significant savings. Well, I'm not talking about savings. I'm just talking about fuel usage because people are like it's cleaner, it's cleaner, it's cleaner. And yeah, on the road, everyday roads, it's cleaner. Right. No, but- no, no, no. That not. Well, that argument's ridiculous anyway. The batteries and the production of the car, oh. and you put it on, you put it on a big boat that goes across the ocean twice, and it's like, well, you negated all the savings that that car would have done. Exactly. That should that that is ridiculous. But where it does matter isn't it on the efficiency on the cost of the electricity on a, as a society? Well, isn't it cheaper for us to run our cars on electricity? Well, because we can produce the electricity on a larger scale cheaper than we can on a small scale. Uh, I mean, I mean, if we're gonna go, go. I mean, I mean, I don't. I mean, really, the honesty was once we get this graphite stuff going, and we start figuring out solar efficiency. You know, those solar panels well, that that solar, are running sixty-five, seventy-five percent efficiency with graphite. I mean, they, graphene if they can or whatever. Do that if they can get solar to a point, they get graphene solar panels right now at sixty percent. The issue is, is they can't produce commercial grade graphene on a large enough scale to produce solar panels that would, you know, be commercially viable. You know, they're too expensive. But they say by 2020, we'll be able to produce that stuff by for like two cents. You know, we'll be able to produce it very cheaply and we'll be able to mass produce solar panels that are running at 60, 65 percent efficiency. And if you can do that, if you can get it to solar, then that's a completely different story. But everyone talks about how Oh, it'll be so much better on electricity, but no one has looked. I've never seen anyone actually talk about the stress that putting, God, how many millions of cars in the United States on all of them on electric? Like, that's 
buku's of more energy output that has to happen. I have never thought of that. You that know, is true. The amount of um. So I'm yes. just saying with the technology we have today, I mean, because you're gonna you're gonna put a hundred thousand. Let's say it's probably there's what there's what roughly four hundred million people in the United States. So you're probably talking a hundred million automobiles, if not more. What? On there's three hundred the, million of us here, three hundred and fifty million of us here, and you think, think there's only a hundred? And you think there's only one in four people own a car? I'm just putting. Well, I'm just. That's putting, probably right. That's probably probably right. Because I mean, a lot when of people who it. live in yeah. like New York City, yeah, yep. they don't own cars. Yep. When you think about it, mm-hmm. you're very good. But yeah. I mean, I'm just saying a base number. Sure, just something to work with. Right, nice, easy, round, one hundred million. Yep. So, if you put, given, I mean, just the current climate, you put that on the electric grid. A, can it support that many more, you know, outlets? Can it handle that much more output? How much money is going to have to go into refurbing our electric, electric grid, which needs it, but that's beside the point. Uh, how much more fuel are you going to have to burn if you're having to triple or quadruple or, you know, even go 5x your normal output because there are so many cars on the road now? And that just increases the fuel cost. I mean, you, I have it, I don't know the exact number, but I would be willing to bet you that in terms of actual fossil fuels burned, it's probably pretty close when you think of it in current day form. When if you put in, you know, hundred million, hundred million cars on the, on the grid. Maybe. Me, you, oh, because the demand on the electric grid would go up higher driving oh, the would, cost of the electric grid because they'd be burning more fuel that the cars aren't burning now. Right. I mean, I, I, I think a lot of the, build the power plants to justify mm-hmm. it. So you think we're going to have, you think we'll be going to be running fossil fuels for a while then? Oh yeah. Absolutely. Oh, that's, I'm, oh, I'm excited to hear that. I mean, I'm not a person who's, I mean, I am a person who believes that climate change is a thing that's happening. And I do believe that it is a cycle that has happened throughout history of the planet. Yes, it has, but I, it's, it's, it's undeniable that humans have had an effect on our surroundings. And okay. to say that we haven't is ridiculous. And I don't really want to debate that, but the idea of having to give up my stick shifts and that sound, <laughs> oh, no, fuck yes. that. Well, I don't, yeah, okay, you know, I, I don't live long enough to really care that much. Give me a car. I'll take my cars away, but, you know, I mean, whatever. In terms of people are always saying we need to get off of oil because of diminishing supply, right? I mean, that's one of the big arguments besides climate change is diminishing supply, which is complete crap. Like, there is more oil now than there has ever been in the entire history of the world that we right. own oil. And see, yeah. I don't, one reason, one thing I don't get is why we don't do CNG. CNG which is? Compressed natural gas. Like, have you seen much on like a compressed natural gas car? Yes. Sure, I'm fine with that. Uh, do you know like how efficient those things are? You no. can put them in the same. You have to do. You have to do some conversions, but you can you can put you can convert a Chevy Silverado to CNG, get the same horsepower numbers, and get 35 miles a gallon. And it's like. In Oklahoma, like CNG is like a buck fifty. It's one of the most abundant resources. It's ultra clean. 
it's one of the cleanest burning things in the world. It's it's basically so what's like, up with that? Why are we why are we doing that? Uh, it's sort of a um, a chicken and an egg problem. Okay. It is people, okay. Yeah, like, I'm fine with that. Uh, well, the idea, the thing is, is like people want to buy. You know, they want to buy cars, right? Mm-hmm. But you need pumps. Right. Yep. So people won't buy yep. the cars, so there the pumps are there. There are no the pumps. pumps. Won't be there until the cars are there. Um, and it's actually the graphene, some of the graphene stuff you were talking about, where they actually oh, split a carbon tube in half. Because one of the problems right now is because you do have to have a tank, you know, like an actual compressed tank to hold it. Something like on the end of a um, paintball gun. Yeah. Or an yes, air pump. Exactly. And right now those are really heavy and really expensive to make because they have, they, they, they're making it out of metal. But they, they think they figured right. out a way to make it cheaper and, uh, a lot lighter. So that graphene stuff's just gonna save us, right? Oh yeah, I mean that stuff is cool. They're talking about it, um, being the next material they use to get past, uh, Moore's Law when silicone fails. Or silicon. Wow, that'd be crazy. You're, they're talking about being able to use it to create 3D circuits. Where it's not just on a single plane, they'll be able to move vertically on it. Oh god, could you imagine? Yeah, they'll be able to, they'll be able to 3D print with graphene. Oh dude, 3D printing? Mm-hmm. Is that the coolest thing ever, or what? Um, yeah, the future's here, man. The <laughs> future is here. Yeah, have you seen that, um, <coughs> did you see the video for the hollow cast or whatever it's called by Microsoft? I haven't. You haven't? Oh my god. Let me see if I can't find you that. Very quickly, I'll look for the holocast on... No, that's holocaust. That is not what we're looking for. That is... Oh, don't Google that. Don't Google that word. Uh, It's that news... Um, That's new Microsoft hologram thing. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Did you see the the uh, the trailer for it yet? I haven't yet. Oh, I am totally linking this to you right now. Go ahead. Um, there's no way to play this and have it where they can hear the audio. Is uh, there? I can uh, I can splice it in. Oh, is that too much work for you or whatever? No, anyway. it's easy. Okay. Super easy. Oh, damn it. Okay, well here we go. Let me go and copy this. Send it here, paste here, send it to you, and then I'll go ahead and let you queue it up to zero. All right, tell me when you're ready, because I'm at zero. Okay, so three, two, one, go. Oh, what did I send you? Yes, this is it. It's it's, uh, commercial. No, this is it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is it. Oh, nice. Yeah. You see what he's doing oh, yeah, here? yeah, yeah. I have seen this. Oh my god, the part with the look at that the TV, huh? Yeah. Right, and then the maps hanging out, and then this design thing. I was like, mm, the program running that design stuff. That's that's going to be pretty impressive. Like, if you would have somebody that makes that work, like some Pixar animation tools, you might be able to use some of that stuff. But Oh no, that that stuff right there for designing is yeah? huge. Look at this. The video conferencing while walking. And then he just drags into the one drop and then she can open it. This part though. Welcome to the new world. 
Minecraft Legos in your living room. Look at that. That's this. So she's looking at this yeah. is all virtual through her headset, and he's mm-hmm. looking at what she sees, and he can draw in real time. That um, this, yeah. I don't care how goofy that headset looks, dude. I'll be that guy from uh, Dragon Ball Z. It's over nine thousand. I don't give a shit, man. <laughs> that thing's gonna be awesome. Have you speaking of Lego? Have you seen uh, the new Lego Avengers set they've rolled out? No. It's the helica- like the helicarrier from the Avengers movie, well, from Avengers One and Captain America Two. Right. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Three thousand pieces cost more than an Xbox One. Just links it to you. This thing is insane. Yeah, I'm looking. Just off the charts. Like, it, Damn. like I think it would take you. It at least it take me months to put together. It's like one of those yeah. things you put in a room and you how many pieces? Almost three thousand. I've put a 3,000 piece together before. <laughs> Three weeks. Yep. Have you seen the um, the Superstar Destroyer Lego? Yes. How much is that? How many pieces is that one? I thought that one was, like, ridiculous. Yeah, I love Legos. Do you still play with Legos? No. I, I just don't have time. I don't have kids. Like I don't uh, have anything to justify. <laughs> You're mm-hmm. right. It's uh thirty one fifty two for the Super Star Destroyer. Yeah. But you know, I I play video games. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. And I find that um Minecraft is one of the greatest video games ever created. Um have you ever watched extra credits on YouTube? I haven't. Oh, you sh- you would love it. Yeah. It's it's just uh it's these game designers who They've been doing it forever. Like it started on Penny Arcade as one of their like Penny Arcade TVs, and they've since spun off there on YouTube. But they talk about from a game design standpoint um, how different mechanics work, the different impacts. And one of them was one of the videos was about um, how Minecraft will change how our kids will play video games when they're our age. In what way? Well, because it's a game that doesn't have a, vic- a victory condition. That's true. You can create your own victory condition. Mm-hmm, exactly. I mean, you could have a server together, and we could create a paintball course. Mm-hmm. And then if somebody was good at what we're doing, you could go into the actual server rules and apply game rules to the the Minecraft world itself. And then you can play real paintball, where you actually get hit by an arrow and it resets you back to the beginning. Right. And that's just, it's its amazing that you have a video game which is just simply a platform for gaming. Right. It's its one of the greatest video games ever created. I love it. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to send you a link. This is one of their things. It's what they call their design club. It's about five minutes, so if you actually you want to go through it here, we will. But it's all about how good level 1-1 of Super Mario is. <laughs> just how... Let me know when you get queued up, and we'll, I'll just put it into the we'll we'll put it into the cast, and we'll just talk through this one. So let me know when you get queued up, and we'll we'll go through it. Hang on one second. Oh, stop. Pause. File. Um. Are you queued up at zero? Oh, I thought you had started going. All right. Uh, um. 
Yes, I'm at 001. All right, let's go. Three, two, one, go. Okay. Hey there, <clears throat> welcome to Design Club. And this is that so channel you were talking about, correct? Today, we have decided yeah, they to have start all at the beginning. Stuff. And when it comes to modern gaming, like, things really don't get much more beginning than Super Mario Brothers Level 1-1. Level 1-1 is a masterclass so in level design. One, one, An incredible amount of thought and care went into modulating the <laughs> I think I, do, I might be able to play that level with, even like, blindfolded. Given the tight limit of resources for an 8-bit game, a lot of I clever used to decisions have to be made to make this game appeal to a generation completely unfamiliar with games. Of <laughs> the 8-bit greats, Super Mario Brothers has some of the best examples of well-used affordances and well-designed learning curves. And it does it all without blocks of text or requiring people to actually read the manual. See, this will be helpful when so we have, like, cams. We can just, like, have a you know, YouTube right and people yep. can just put on the YouTube. Nothing is moving, nothing is apparently threatening. This static screen gives the player some time to mess around with the controls and get used to them. The way Mario starts also informs the player where yeah, they'll be going for the true. entirety of the game. Mm -hmm. And this is, I think, the first thing I ever played. The screen shows you the wide open path. Despite it's the probably the first thing I ever played. Most of his time in the no, of the screen, no, I played Pitfall on the Atari. Oh, oh, that's right. This affordance through the use mm -hmm. of space does a mountain of work that games. But did I play Mario before that? The player never feels lost Somewhere. on purpose, and they know how to begin without even needing to be told what the goal is. Just move right. So, along Mario's wayward journey to the right, the move first right. thing we see mm -hmm. is a question mark, bright and flashing so we can't miss it. It invites exploration <laughs> without being threatening. You can approach it at your own pace. So you do. But just it's as like, you get hi guys, I'm a question mark. Yep. The first enemy slides on screen. How does the player know it's an enemy? Well, two reasons. One, and the sprite itself has some distinctly angry eyebrows. Two, the Goomba, unlike the object you've already encountered, is moving right <laughs> towards you. Imagine if the Goomba was stationary. Not nearly as threatening. Yeah. Your first encounter with a Goomba ensures that you've learned a major skill before proceeding. <laughs> you cannot get past this spot without jumping. Given that the NES controller had four non-directional buttons to explore, and as a designer we already know the players already used the directionals, it was totally reasonable to expect the players to experiment with them, without the need for explicit instruction. And if the player dies, nothing big is lost. The player is just sent back a very short distance and asked to try again. Short iteration cycles are your friend. Immediately after the wow. first enemy comes the first encounter with the power-up system. You didn't know the they were teaching you so much. Mark and all the flashing usually hits is that intentional? Mark, releasing a mushroom. Or is this one of those things where they're reading into it and they're finding first, something that afterwards? Right, usually following the player. This I think player it's intentional. I mean, these guys are game designers. Second, and they teach game design the at universities. This teaches mm. the player about how other objects are affected by gravity, unlike the block it originally came okay. from. As an extension, it bounces off the green pipe, showing how mushrooms interact with other solid objects while virtually ensuring that the player will get it. Even if the player decides that, based on what they've experienced so far, that mushroom-shaped objects are generally wow. bad and okay. tries to jump over it, the natural path to try and jump over the mushroom puts the player on a direct collision course with the blocks above Mario. The angle at which the player would use to jump over it causes them to be knocked right down into the mushroom. While still allowing the player complete autonomy, the clever designers have done that so many times. The players to touch like I try to jump over the mushroom like and I get knocked into it. The next terrifying obstacle the player has to overcome is a set of mm. pipes of increasing heights. The increasing height of the pipes requires the player to learn a slightly unintuitive mechanic. Mario's jump height is related to how long the player holds the jump button. Again, the player cannot advance until they learn this mechanic. But these mm. pipes have okay, way more yeah. to teach. The movement patterns of the Goombas and how they interact with each other are revealed below the pipes. And once the player fails to clear the jump, they're in the pit with the two Goombas, where it's possible they'll learn that you receive bonus points for stomping multiple enemies. 
More importantly, these pipes give you a get safe paid, space bitches. to practice the pitch jump. You pay, what's up? They mirror challenges that Miyamoto plans to present the player with down the line, but here he makes sure they have basic facility with the skill before really presenting it in a threatening way. Lastly, we have the final pipe and the first pit, where the designers put the game's first two secrets. The last pipe in the row allows the player to enter a secret room full of coins, and really, this is for old hands of the game. It's for veteran players to be able to get through the level more quickly, and back to a place that mm -hmm. challenges them, so it yep. doesn't have much impact on the new player experience. The invisible block before the first pit is another story, though. While 95% of new players will never see it, it's placed in such a way that if you're really gonna miss your jump, if you're really gonna jump early and dive right into that pit, you'll find a secret instead. And with that, we will wrap up this week. There's a lot going on here, and that's huh. just the first 30 seconds. Try breaking down the rest of level 1-1 as an exercise for yourself. Why are these two pyramid-like objects here? It's pretty cool, What's huh? What's the purpose of these four Goombas right in a row? If you haven't played through at least the first few levels of Super Mario Brothers, you definitely should make the time. It's also worth a quick trip down Hello? memory lane, even if you Yeah, I'm listening. Okay. I was just finishing so listening to this guy ask the questions about the, uh, the level. Like mm -hmm. Why is this here? Why is that there? You'll be surprised right. how much fundamental game design and then why you can warp still used today. all of that basic stuff. We gotta get you know going, what I think? Let us know what right. you think of the show in the comments. I think Mario's an asshole. If this is something you guys would love to see more of, If you really pay attention to the storyline. Yeah, right? So in the very beginning, they're all peaceful, no big deal, nobody's mad, nobody's attacking him. They're just kind of walking around. And you're encouraged <laughs> to kill him, right? And he's trying to get this girl, who every time he gets to the girl, this one guy comes back to life, saves the girl, and takes her to another castle. And Mario just won't give up. She left you, dude. He's got the money, he's got the castles, he's got this army. And the further he gets into this world the more pissed off everything gets at him. Have you ever watched uh, ga the Game Theory on YouTube? No. Oh, you should. You'd love it. But yeah. you've got a two-part series on why Mario is a sociopath. <laughs> it's really good. Uh, there's all, She's got all sorts of good stuff here. here I'll, uh, I'll send you this one just to have. They're about 15 minutes, and he just spends a lot of time like... Um, What's some good ones? I got a question for you. Uh-huh. You can infect every computer on the entire world with a virus. What does it do? Mines bitcoins. No, what? Mine. Well, no, for you. You're such a... You just... <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I thought it would be something that was maybe solves one of the world's problems or is, you know, like, pay attention to this or do that or... I mean, just first blush. You're like, you're like, no, I just have something that runs in the background and minds me bitcoins. Because, like, I've thought about it. Because, you know, I've worked in offices <laughs> that have a lot of network computers that I can get to. No, you can't. Like, la, 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 la. No, you can't. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Nowhere that you're working that has a bitcoin operation is your fault in any way. That is somebody else's thing. You know, if I could figure out a way, you know, I mean, because I work. I mean, if you take the entire company put together. Yeah, there's some real power there. Well, our corporate structure is weird. Um, uh, I work for a very large freight and package moving company. That's about as far as I'm going to go with where I actually work. Um, and. So, you know, but we have this corporate structure where the different parts are, they work as their own companies, but there's a, there's an umbrella company, 
but really the four P four parts of the company, each section is its own company, has its own CEO, own budgets. But I mean, so but I work. I mean, the, the the entire company is a forty billion dollar a year company. There's a lot of computers there. That is a lot of computers. So you know, that's one of the things I've just thought about. Just like, how yeah, day dreams like, mm, how many bitcoins is that? <laughs> how many? How much percentage of the uh, of the uh, total network that you have? I mean, it would it would be a, a percentage, but it wouldn't be a gigantic percentage because it's not the uh, oh, what's the name of those chips? Asus? Yeah, Asics. They're not, you know. Asics. Those Asics are crazy, man. Yeah, they're designed for a specific purpose, yeah. Right. Yeah, Litecoin is getting its first Asics, and it's going to completely change the game. Yeah, Litecoins weren't intended to do that. It's weird how they break things like that. That's just human nature. You're like, It's like almost like a puzzle. I was like, oh, I can. Well, the nice thing about... Just about every cryptocurrency that isn't Bitcoin mm-hmm. is it's on because Bitcoin is hash and Litecoin is script. Right. And almost every other cryptocurrency is script. So you can mine. So any script miner can mine any script currency. Hmm. So we're basically, you know, Bitcoin is. Basically, you you have to use Bitcoin for bit like a Bitcoin miner for Bitcoin miner. You can use a Litecoin miner for Litecoin right. or Dogecoin or whatever else. It's I love not doggy. Yeah, the Doge. Yeah, I it's love not it. doggy though. It's not like no. It's no D O G E like yeah, doggy. Doge. Doge. Do- oh. How do you know? Because like, that's how I've heard it pronounced. <laughs> you haven't heard it pronounced by nobody else. That has any reputable reputation in, like, why it's pronounced that. Everyone everyone pronounced, like, every video I've ever seen, even, like, even the people okay, who created fine. Dogecoin. <laughs> Alright, fine, Dogecoin. That thing's, like, funny. It was a joke that actually turned out to be worth some value. <laughs> no, it's Yeah, hilarious. that's some weird shit, yeah. And the way... The way they did it was interesting, because it was, um... You would always mine at the same rate, but the cap, okay, so the cap was really high. Like, you know what, there's like, what, 250 million Bitcoin or whatever? Right. I don't know what the cap is. I don't know. It was like 100 billion Dogecoins, which plays an interesting dynamic on the economics of the coin itself, to where it's harder to create scarcity. So, So, you know, it's like, it's still usable as current as a currency as a currency as a value holder um but no it's a much harder for a single individual to create scarcity assuming all things are the same price so mm-hmm. it's it's just an interest yeah i i this is one of those things when i was looking at it i just thought it was very interesting <laughs> that is interesting <laughs> I think I would have it um, delete uh, Internet Explorer just from all computers. That's what mine would do. The new the new Internet Explorer is a no. Bad. It's not. Shh. You're such a fanboy. <laughs> You're such a fanboy. Oh, I mean, at, at home I run Chrome, and at the office I run Firefox. So I mean, I don't use Internet Explorer, but the new version isn't terrible. Okay. Oh. It's it's not good. 
I'm just saying it's not bad. <laughs> it's okay. It's it's the it's the Toyota Camry of Internet Explorer Internet browsers. It's just kind of there. Um, <coughs> you've been given thirty seconds. Okay. A thirty-second commercial spot at the Super Bowl this weekend. You can't sell it. Millions will be watching. What do you do? Oh, what do I do? You have 30 seconds to... What, what do you do? I think I run a... A competition for... You know, like students. Like a student competition. Uh-huh. For, okay. like, the best creative... Like, if you... The, the most complete moving story you can do in 30 seconds. Okay. And that's what I would do with it. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd rickroll everybody. <laughs> I would just have just to do be it. Being an asshole. <laughs> uh, God, you're the worst person in the world. Maybe, and I think I would have to put all of the information for the video in Comic Sans just to really piss everybody off <laughs> and call it a GIF or a GIF or whatever y'all assholes call it. <laughs> yeah. I think that'd be funny. I, um, it reminds me of that E-Trade commercial. From the 90s when the, the dot-com bubble was happening. Mm-hmm. And that E-Trade commercial, it just has that monkey and he's just in an E-Trade t-shirt and he's just clapping his hands for like a minute straight. And then at the end of the commercial, it goes, we just wasted $4.2 million. What are you doing with your money? <laughs> I was just like, dude, that commercial worked. It stuck it with me for work, yeah. 20 years and I still remember it. So, Yeah. Have you all watched the Super Bowl? The commercials kind of suck now. It's just not as good as it used to be. Yeah. Yep, you might get what two or three good ones. Yeah, but they come out a week before the Super Bowl on right. You know, it's just, yeah, no... whatever. Okay, yeah. so this reminds me of an idea I've had. Okay, so you remember TJF, right? Like the ABC Family, like step by step. Fuck yeah, I do. Now that you're <laughs> okay, so <laughs> would I... hey, we're not that old. Stop talking about what what <laughs> we're so, dating ourselves. Was um so they all Full House have... on there? Full House was a part okay. of it. Okay. Family Matters, Step by Step, Boy Meets World. Steve Urkel. Right. Okay. Um, So, you know, they all have their own box sets. But what I want is a TGIF box set that the the episodes (laughs) go in chronological order. It maybe even has some of the period commercials in there. Oh, and then you would have the crossover episodes? Uh Uh-huh, Disney World. uh Uh That's awesome. Yeah, I'm down. I'd buy it. Yeah, I know, right? But at least download it. (laughs) I would acquire it in some form or fashion. Oh, I got a question for you, and you know, kind of that idea. Mm -hmm. In 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 all honesty, like whether what you do or what you don't do, do you think that internet piracy is acceptable? I'm. Yeah. What? Okay. Yes, right? But Yes. Okay. You know, I mean, for me there there is there are lines that I won't cross. Like I I really won't pirate movies. Interesting. I mean, but I'm also at the point where, you know, especially with the way the internet is now, you can get an HD streaming movie for 3 bucks. You know. It's the it's the it's the iTunes model. 
Right. It's not, it's not too expensive to the point where it's just so easy to get it from us that we just, you go with iTunes for a dollar instead of trying to go through the hassle of getting a shitty version from some. Okay. Yeah, that exists. And I don't. And but what I, about a big program that you don't want to pay the three or four, five, six, nine hundred dollars for? Right. Well, the thing is, is a lot of those get downloaded and passed around like it's no big deal, right? It is, and especially for broadcast, something that was given away for free. I don't like see an MMA it. fight. Well, yeah, like an MMA fight or, or like The Simpsons. Okay. You know. Okay. That to me is I don't understand why that is but what an a, issue. And, you know what? If I were the if I were in charge of like Fox or another broadcast company, I would have my own torrents with like little like you know the like the Hulu like commercials inside of them, and people would download the shit out of those. Wow. Could you imagine? Abs- like, absolutely correct. They would. Like, like and you, so you have you, so you always have great seeders. So you're getting as fast as you can get it, and you don't have to deal with watching TV. You just click them, you torrent it. What John. a great idea. Yeah, I mean, that's what, what I would do. What a great idea. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's a great idea. No, I I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think it's an interesting thing. Um, so stealing's not okay, right? It's not okay, not to, a- it's not okay to take something that I own to, to the point where I no longer have it and you now have it. But this isn't stealing. This is copying. And the the original is still exactly there. And digital copy, I mean, I just, we just live in a world now where digital objects, man, I don't know, because I think we're going into a time and a place in the future where digital objects will, maybe it's, maybe something like the, the Bitcoin blockchain stuff is where we'll, you know, we'll do some stuff with that. But the ability to just copy things makes things, Less tangible. Right. But I should still be able to own things on the internet, right? Right. And, That's you such know, a weird thing, isn't it? Right. And, you know, especially now with, like, stuff like Spotify, like, look, so I get some people are just too poor. But even a lot of that is free. I mean, you can stream Spotify for free on your phone. You like Spotify? I love Spotify. I don't really? use it. I don't use it anymore. Because I cannot get to it at work. Ah, I, I use right. Google's version of it, which isn't as good. But that's what I use now. But I love Spotify. Like, their collaborative playlists are awesome. Like, mm. for me and a friend of mine, like, it would happen about probably about once every two months or so. Like, he, he'd be like, hey, I started a playlist that was this. Or I'd be like, oh, hey, I started a playlist that was all covers. Like cover songs, right? Mm-hmm. That sounds fun, actually. And we would go for hours, like adding right. music mm-hmm. and talking shit, and like, oh my god, I totally forgot about this song, and just like some of our playlists are like 150 songs. Like one of my favorite is our our guilty pleasure playlist, like the songs that are just <laughs> complete and total guilty pleasures. Uh, okay, I'm gonna give one away. You want to give one away? Sure, I, I'll get plenty away. I like Iggy. Iggy? I do. Mm, Iggy. For a, for a chick that can for she's the first female rapper that I've ever listened to that actually has the inflection and flow of a rapper. Which is really funny 
because I don't think she's actually a rapper. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she's actually, you know, I don't think she came from a, a point in her, I think it's all produced. I think somebody else is writing the 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 lyrics. Somebody else is writing the beat. Somebody She's else. just the face. It's just like here, you just sit here and you do it right. Yeah, I to a point. Like that's like saying like Nolan Ryan was just the pitcher. You know, I mean, she does do it right. Right. I I couldn't do that. You couldn't give me the beat and you couldn't give me the words and then that thing she does, where it sounds. I don't know. Whatever it is that, you know, whatever it is that that sound is that she pulls off, but it has a good flow. And she enunciates her words and they whoever writes them does a good job. I don't know. I just that's a guilty pleasure I have. What's one of yours? Okay, well, I'll actually send you this cuz we I don't cuz my friend said a song and I said this song. It's 1000 Ships by Rachel Planton. And I just sent you YouTube. It is like the super Swedish sugary bubblegum pop song ever. And I love it. I just absolutely love it. Are Plus, we going to listen to this together with the whole the whole crew? Or do you want me to sure, just... Sure, yeah, yeah, we can totally song? do that. <laughs> okay, so that won't get us pulled from YouTube or anything? or eh, Whatever. We'll figure okay, it out. Fuck it. All right, so we're at zero? Zero. Three, two, one, go. And plus, I mean, it doesn't. Watching the video is easy on the eyes. Is it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Awesome. Oh yeah, the bird's beautiful. I'm a fan of the bird. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. I mean, New York's beautiful this time of year, right? It is. Yeah. Oh, I want that mic. I just want this entire audience. What is it? Quarter million? Oh, it's not that expensive. No? Well, I would bring no. Modern day setups aren't as bad as they used to be. It's probably 75 to 100. I'd kiss your belly and your shoulders cover blankets on our feet. This is very 90 sound. This reminds me of something that I would have listened to when I finally found like the alternative station in Houston when I was like 14 or 15. And I would have been playing like video games in like summertime and I wouldn't let any one of my friends like you know that I listened to this shit. <laughs> Yeah, another one, and it goes along with the movie thing, but it was a decent hit for him. Oh god, you have to see this movie. Oh yeah, Oh god, what's her name? It's like Rebel Wilson, and... Come on, come on, come on, Anna Kendrick, Anna Camp. It's like, about this college where like acapella is a big deal. Like, it sounds terrible, trust me, it does, but I love it. It is I love it. There's some sort of blessing here, but you've gone and missed your cue. So keep your eyes on the horizon on the line where blue meets Like if something's popular, like right, like a real popular song that's um, real catchy, real poppy. I'm usually one of those people that's like, yeah, it's good for like the first day, right? I'm, a, I'm one of those people. I'll always be the same. Like when Corn, uh, not Corn. Um, what was that band that everybody loved to hear? Creed. I was a huge fan of those Creed songs, like the first like four times you heard them. Oh, Creed. 
Street. See, like, you know, everyone loves just to hate on Nickelback, right? Yeah. Nickelback has sold like 50 million albums. Yeah, they've made some money, but you got to admit, they're just... Well, they're terrible. You know, okay, okay, okay I was going to go over there. Either it is the either die hero or live long enough to be the villain. Yep. You know, it's just so exciting. Remember like Nickelback first came out and was like, oh my god, best shit ever. <laughs> you remember what I'm talking about, but it has that nickel dot sound. Oh man, I don't remember. Who cares? Somebody on the, somebody's listening is going, Get that motherfucker, listen! How, I think the name of the song was Muddy, wasn't it? Yeah, or. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, who cares? Hey, you want an interesting piece of information? Sure. In Super Mario Brothers on the NES? You can continue where you lost last. Where you lost last your. Lo- <laughs> you lost your last life. Yes, by pressing A and start at the same at the main menu. At the huh. main screen, it'll take you back to where you you know. Yep, and nice. it does work. Confirmed. 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 What does work? So if you died on like six six and you want to go back and play that level and you lost all your resets, you can just go push. Uh, what was it? A and start. It's puddle of mud. That's what puddle, puddle them. Yes, I knew I get it eventually. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's why I gave you that tidbit of information. I was like, I'll just distract him. He's good at this. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Uh, what if a, a placebo effect is a lie, and taking pill-sized amounts of sugar is actually a really fucking healthy thing to do? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got a question for you. Alright. Which item from a movie would you want to own? Which item from a movie mm-hmm. would I want to own? Oof. Yeah. And can it be in a movie that's about to happen? Does Megan Fox count? <laughs> that's a whole other question about women and possession and right. all sorts that's... of Gamergate shit I just don't want to get into. Right. Like, don't, Stay off me, Tumblr. The the next Avengers movie, or maybe it's Phase Three, Mm -hmm. will have the Infinity Gauntlet, which is the most powerful item in the Marvel universe, and that'd be kind of cool to have. Marvel. Yeah. Is that the X Men universe? Yes. The most powerful X Men. No, it's the most powerful item in that universe. So more powerful than, like, say, an X Men. Yeah. It's like the it's NL- it then. It's like, it. I period. think like it's one of those things that, like Galactus it, War at one point. It creates universes kind of thing. Yeah, or has the power to destroy. Yeah, it's pretty sick. The pillback from from Limitless would be cool. That's something I thought of. Oh yeah, that'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. But um obviously it's um it's a lightsaber. Yeah, that's true. It is a lightsaber. It's just, oh, you know what? Hmm. Man. If I could have the DeLorean from the second Back to the Future. Oh, that'd be cool. Right? Have you ever heard the theory that how that 
the, the lightsaber isn't just a mechanical thing, but you do need some level of use of the force to use it. No, let's hear it. So I, I've heard that the, like there, there's been kids kicked around that the thing that is actually holding the blade in place okay. is the force. And that's why it's used by Jedi's. No. Like, uh oh. That's what I've heard. No, because there's examples of other people picking up lightsabers and using them. Fair enough. Yeah. No, that's not how it works. <laughs> no, that's a mechanical crystal thing. No, the reason, the only reason that a Jedi uses a lightsaber and nobody else does mm-hmm. is because a Jedi is the only one good enough to not to cut their fucking hands off. <laughs> or their legs, right? <laughs> Everything's missing. Do you ever have you ever uh, gone to GOG.com? No. Good good old games. No. Um, it's it's a site that sells games, old games. Well, some some newer games too, but mainly old games that have been built to run on new computers. Okay. So it's cool. a lot of them are like DOSBox, you know, kind of stuff, but you don't ever see it. Like it just works. Right. Okay. And cool. a lot of the old Star Wars Lucas Arts games just hit. Awesome. Like Dark Forces Two Jedi Knight uh, is on there now. Rogue awesome. Squadron. Um, have you ever heard of Archive.org? Oh yeah, I already have all these. Oh okay. Okay. Well, that'll be in the show notes too. <laughs> I uh, I acquired. I think it was every DOS game made before 1997 at one point. Did you really? Oh yeah, it's you're such yeah. a weirdo. You collect such weird things. You get you you're eccentric like that. You're like you know what? Every game that's gone, uh, what's it called? Freeware. Well, the thing is, is I was looking for like a couple particular games, and I found this torrent. I was like, well, it's only eight gigs. <laughs> It's only eight gigs. It's seven thousand games. It's uh, <laughs> uh, it's actually uh, it's a little high. I think it's like forty five hundred games or something. Like some That's of the old old DOS games, like the ones that like took you hours and hours and hours for like five megs. Like it is really yes. crazy just how yes. little those things were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard of this. I'll need to get into some of it. Oh, so many good games. Yeah, I actually just bought um, Grim Fandango remastered. It might actually pull me away from playing Dota for a little while. Man, so update on faster than uh, light? Uh huh. Still hard as shit. <laughs> so since the last time we talked, I started playing again. I was like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and try to beat that game. I haven't gotten back to the boss. <laughs> I haven't even gotten back to the boss. Uh, but see, it's, it's probably one of those games like where you like you like you get on those runs, you know, and you're just yes. you're in the zone, and it's yes. just like, and some days you just have it, and some days you don't. It's just yes. blowing up, and oh, people dying. I'm trying to think of like the great the games where I just I would just get on runs, like old school games, Tetris. Tetris, Tetris for the N64, man. Your game was Tetris, man. I could play that thing for an hour and a half. Yeah, your game was One life. Yeah. But the problem with those kind of games is, like, they don't get... Once you get that good, they don't... They're not fun for the first hour. Right, yeah. (laughs) And then they're only fun for, like, five minutes, and it's over, and you got to sit through an hour. Yeah, it's like, screw it. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's... Oh, there was... 
Oh, oh. So I found this this uh people online because uh you remember Red Alert? I do, absolutely. It's free online now. No shit. Yeah, so I was playing oh, through it. Shit. But the thing is, is there still people who play Red Alert multiplayer? Oh no. Yes. And it is fucking insane, man. Those people like like It's perfect. They've it's optimized. Perfect. The thing is is they don't like build bases. Like they use their bases to crawl out. Like if you you cannot win as the Alliance, you have to be Russia. Like and they just like sprawl these bases and they have like a hundred war factories, so they're building like they like one like two seconds they have like mammoth tanks and so they'll have like eight like literally two hundred like V two rocket launchers and all of a sudden next thing you know they're on your base and like they're coming in and like building power plants and Tesla coils and just wiping you out. Like I've n- like in your base. Yeah, it is it is one of the most insane things I've ever seen. Because I, I mean, I was pretty good back in the day. Because I, you know, I played online back in the day, and I was pretty competitive. Had a good right. thinking, and no, not but anymore. The problem is, it's not fun. That's like, not fun. That's not fun. Like, like maybe it's I, fun for them. Maybe it's fun for them, but like actually, like playing the game where you like build bases and like strategized yeah. and yes. And so you know, if I I, I started playing like allied only games. So no one could have testicles. <laughs> it's like screw it, guys. You took it away from me. It's so fun. But the game itself is still fantastic. Like I played through the, the most of the Soviet or no all of the Soviet and some of the Allied campaign and it's just as good as it used to be. Yeah, I love that game. So Wizard appears and Oster offers you a mastery in any skill of your choice. You'll be given 10 years worth of practice and experience for that skill in an instant. Which skill would you choose? So I'm assuming magic is real? Hmm. Because if it is, the answer is magic. No. You can't choose something that isn't actually impossible. Okay. And so with the skill, is it like... um, Uh, It's an RPG. So it's not like... um, like lockpicking or guitars or you're the best COD player or the best Dota player. Mm, I mean, you're the Kung Fu, you know, you know. Okay, so it can be physical as well. Sure. You could be the best golf player, best poker player, best I, race car driver. I mean, uh, if I could be the best golfer in the world, I'd do it. Yeah. Oh, Out of love, everything on the whole planet. I love to golf. I can't do it very often anymore, but I love it. Like the best hacker. I mean, what about baseball? You wouldn't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't want to be the best like shortstop ever. That's true too. Oh man, that is so hard. But see, the thing is, like, not even the best, but you just get ten years worth of skill and experience. Well, you're, ten you're years. Good at it. Ten years is enough to make you right. nearly enough. Sure. Right, it's almost yeah, it's almost about ten thousand hours. Yeah. Um, if I could just instantly get ten years of coding experience, I think I'd do it. Really? Oh yeah. Hmm. I mean, it's powerful. I mean, it's so powerful. What about something? What about something less tangible, like 
public speaking? Mm, well, what if you were really good at social experiences? Actually, no. 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 What if you had 10 years of eating pussy? Mm, if you could just be like, well, bam! And she was just like, holy <laughs> shit. No, no, I, I've got it. Like, if right, it's something, but, especially a little less tangible, because that's kind of where I was wondering where the dividing line was, but... Sure. If I could draw. Okay. Just 10 like, comic book quality. Right. Just, just, you just want to impress a chick, you're sitting there, and you can be able to just sketch just, like, a yes, perfect it's, awesome. It's just one of those things I... Or draw cool little pictures of you in, like, another place, you know, on a date. You know, it's like, oh, see, this is us in France. Like, yeah. It's like, how long does that take you to do? Five minutes, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, but also just, like... Or really high detail good shit. Yeah, just, uh, mm-hmm. if I could just be that good. You know, if I right. could... Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. If I could work for Marvel... Or DC or Dark Horse or whoever, you know, that, really that level. Hmm. I, oh yeah, that, uh, so like, oh, I, I'd love it. I'd absolutely love it. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think it, I'd have to take driving. This is one of those moments and this is one of those RPG questions where you just get to boost one of your experience points. It's just ridiculously high. Oh, it'd be cool, like, uh, survival skills. Okay. Never actually, never actually practice that. You're just good at it. Alright, so, zombie apocalypse, right? Yes. Where do you go? My real goal, uh-huh. since I'm so close to the coast already, I'm going to go ahead and try to make it to the coast and get a, a commandeer a boat. Right? I take a boat, try to find an island. Like, you just move yourself down the coast, right? Because you're protecting your left, like on a video game. It's like, well, I know one side's completely clear, right? <clears throat> and steal yourself a real boat, but try to steal one that's big enough that has a sailboat. And then some type of rowboat or sailboat or little dinghy that can get you to shore and back. Right? That's the idea. Mm-hmm. Have at least a few people that you're cool with, right? One yeah. or two. Okay. Okay. And then try to move down the coast until you can get yourself to an island that's warm. So you don't have to worry about it getting cold on you. And there could be potentially tropical food. Kill everybody on the island. No options. Just kill them all. And then use that island to use the boat to move you back and forth from that island to the mainland to scavenge and just make your life as you know better as you can. But the idea is to just take over an island. You know. I think you eliminate yourself from the zombie apocalypse the best you can that way. You let it all die off. There's just a few zombies left. There's a few bases left. You scavenge. Maybe you set up trade routes. We eventually clear off the zombies. Everything goes back to normal. Well, not normal. But I think that's the idea, right? How do you do it? Well, what? You're uh, just a die. Okay, well, the thing is, is which is see in my mind they're like the the zombies from the World War Z books, which are more days ver- later, huh? Twenty eight days later, zombies. Well, no, they don't die from hunger. Uh, just more of your typical zombie, like 
maybe yeah, Walking like, Dead, but you don't get infected from the air. Okay. Um, but are they the fast zombies? No. There's a definition zombies. between the, the okay. No, yeah, they're the slow trudging zombies. Uh, think uh, oh, Dawn of the Dead, the moment they're in the mall. Just an overwhelming horde. Necrovirus. Right. Uh, okay. We're talking about reanimating the dead virus, though? Yes. So anything that has enough organic material to operate the bones would come back to life? Uh, no, not animals, just humans. No zombie dogs. No, none of that shit. Okay. Um, first things first. You either figure out a way to board up your home. If... Or what you do is you find an apartment complex and find the top floor and blow out everything else and have rope ladders. Rope ladders? Mm-hmm. So you can get you up get and to, down. You get to access the up and down on them? Mm-hmm. And okay. you just clear out of, like, a wing. So that's like if you get stuck in a big city. Right. Clear out of something, clear or, out a building of some sort. Or you find the nearest academy or... Bass Pro Shop because there's ammo's and food and bullets. That's <laughs> everybody, everybody else, everybody's thinking that, of that one. Well, yeah, but most everyone's dead at this point. True. <laughs> Have you seen the memes? It's like I always like to think I would survive in the zombie apocalypse, but I can barely survive without my coffee. <laughs> like like we, we all we all want to think we'd be survivors, but really we're gonna die in the first two hours. <laughs> Yeah, most likely you get stuck in a traffic jam on, like, whatever major interstate you live on, and that's it. You never make it anywhere where it matters. I mean, you saw the zombies popping up during the Ebola stuff, right? What? Oh, yeah. No, dude, no. It's, it was a thing. Like, people were dead for, like, three days. What? Hold on. Uh, well, this one's saying it's a complete hoax. Thought dead. Yeah, there was like, all these stories about how like people who they thought were dead for like three or four days like came back to life. That is insane. There are zombie viruses that exist, and it's not something that's unbelievable. It does exist. Have you um? There are have you heard of the zombie drug? No. It's used a lot in voodoo. Yes, I have heard. Yes, and uh, they can take can, they can basically coerce people into doing what it's, it's basically if they were zombies. Kind of prostitutes like to use it. They blow it in the the mouth and then they take advantage of the uh, the victim. Mm-hmm. They clear out bank accounts, furniture by hiring. You know, yeah, for twenty four hours they're just under complete control. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, the human brain's a weird thing, man. Yeah. Okay, so which 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 apocalypse? So, I mean, there's lots of you know, uh, apocalyptic things out there, you know, in, mm-hmm. in the lore. Which yes. one do you think is the most likely? Likely? Uh-huh. We die of a virus. So you think it's like... Yeah. Like zombie? No, it won't be zombie. It'll just be um, a bad version of the flu. That just kills half of us. I mean, it'll just be something like that, right? I mean, I mean, I know it's anticlimactic and not nearly as sexy, but which one's the most likely? It's either that or an asteroid hits us. I was thinking, you know, post-apocalyptic nuclear, nuclear wasteland kind of stuff. Hey, Russia's acting silly lately. I know, right? And the Americans are always itching to go. I mean, how many do we own? It's like, what are you 
do we? Yeah, um, we like to we like to blow shit up. I remember hearing something. I don't know if it's true. <clears throat> but I do remember hearing this. Like, if every if Russia and the U.S. were to launch every nuclear bomb, it would make the the level of the Earth, like the solid land of the Earth, would drop six feet across the entire globe. What good is that? There's no use in that. What are you doing? Arms silly. race, man. It's, it's silly humans. They're just spending our money. And when what people don't understand, I get so fucking frustrated when people talk about, you know, the war was expensive and we spent all this money. There's this idea that we spent a trillion dollars on the war in Afghanistan, right? Or Ag- Iraq and Ad- and Afghanistan. Okay. So it's a trillion dollars spent. But it wasn't like spent like to France or Germany or China. What it means is they took a trillion dollars from all of us taxpayers, all of us motherfuckers that don't have enough influence to matter to get any of that taxpayer money back, and they gave it to people, private parts of the sector. Like, it didn't leave America. That trillion dollars is still in America. Some it's of it just, is. Well, a lot of it is. My point is, is just it's just a way for the rich people to take money from the poor people. Oh, you don't need four thousand, eight thousand nuclear warheads to remove the Earth by six feet. Like what the fuck, man? Can we build some schools? Well, like, you 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 ready? You ready to get some are, some, some economic knowledge dropped on you? Uh, so, just sure. To- Okay, so explain to me how the industrial war complex is important to the economic stability of America. Well, no, I'm I'm going to tell you why a lot of people think it's good. I think it's complete shit, but I'm going to tell you. Okay, there's a school of economics that uh, is pervasive, especially in the United States. It's called Keynesian economics. Okay, I think I've actually heard of this. Okay, and the idea is that the con uh, the it's um. C, C plus, C plus G plus I equals Y. Okay. Okay, and that is our basic, have you ever heard of uh, GDP? Yes. That is the basic formula for GDP. It's consumption plus government plus investment equals GDP. And so a lot of people um, believe, and I think this is complete bullshit, but a lot of people believe that as long as Y is growing, no matter how it's growing, it's good. And that is per, that is the basic, pervasive, standard economic policy of the United States of America. Right. As and long so, as we're spending more, it's a good thing. And, and yes, and, and you know, in the Keynesian model, there's this uh, what they call the paradox of thrift, the paradox of savings. Is this the version of I give you ten thousand dollars to spend, and you spend nine thousand? So next year I only give you nine thousand. It's some of it. It's kind of. It's more of a. Um, it it only takes into a, it takes into effect output but not input, or, or uh, output okay. but not cost. Um, and so so the idea is that it doesn't matter. And war is a good thing for the economy because Y is growing because G is spending so much. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Okay. And, yeah. Hey, like I said, it's complete crap. But 
That is how it, that is the. And it does seem to work. There does seem to be like, you know, we are spending, but I, we're just doing it wrong. I just wish we would declare war on poverty. Declared like we, war on poverty 80 years ago, and I've been doing it ever since. Right, but the idea is what you really need to do if you're going to fix this is you got to fix the kids. Like, you have to invest all the money into the generation that's still innocent. And you have to go all the way to, like, the four- and five-year-olds, and you have to spend a bunch of money on spending... Like, I don't know why we could spend a trillion dollars rebuilding Iraq, but we can't spend a trillion dollars rebuilding Detroit. It's like, well, because Americans should pull themselves up by their bootstraps. It's like, yeah, or we should take care of their kids because no one else is. And if you have no one taking care of the kids, well, what do you get? You get animals. We're just humans. I mean, it does. It makes sense. I don't understand why we can't. I don't know. It just makes sense to me. Maybe I'm an idiot. But <laughs> well, the, the, we... the problem with a lot of it is the adults. No, that is the problem. That is the problem. That's the only problem. It's when you give the $8,000 to take care of the child for the year or the $12,000 to take a year to take care of the child, the mom ends up with a Louis Vuitton purse. Right. I, I, yes. 100% agree. Have you ever? That's why they all need to be shot in the head. And the children need to be taken away and taken care of. And we need to raise some fucking smart human beings because all humans are humans. They all have potential. They just need an opportunity to, I, you need to shoot all those bad parents in the head, but what are you going to do? Like, you can't. That's not how it works. And that's the problem. It's not going to change until that changes. Just not. Just not. What you need to do, if you haven't, and everyone listening should, because it's one of the great speeches you know, in American discourse is sit down and take the, I think, 25 minutes to listen to Ronald Reagan's 1964 speech, The Time for Choosing. You, you listen to that? No. You should. Cause you, you no. will listen, you will listen to it and go, oh my God, the th- nothing has changed in 64. Nothing has changed at all. Nothing has changed since we started writing shit down, homie. We are humans. We don't, we, that's it. That's, that's the truth. And that's why we're the last great race. You know, that's why we don't exist no more at some point. Cause we won't always be here. We're too crazy. What is this? What that's, are you thinking That's the speech for the, that's the link for the speech. It's, it's long, but it's. I'd like to link you that speech, um, who is it? What's his name? Fuck. Drawn on mind blank. The guy who gives the speech on the, uh, industrial, military industrial complex. Right as he's leaving the office. The warning. Is it Eisenhower? Eisenhower's uh, war- great warning of the industrial complex? Oh, it's... I could look it up. Let me see. Where's YouTube? I don't even have YouTube up. <laughs> Eisenhower. Yeah, here it is. So this is the video. I'll watch your video if you watch this one. All right. Okay. We'll put them both in the uh, show notes. We'll both watch these. You get off. Mine's only 15 minutes. 
But anyway, um, and I bet a lot of mine doesn't matter. I could probably find the part that actually cuts out the part that I want you to see. Well, the, like really for because yeah, the, the the time for choosing speech was a the campaign speech for Barry Goldwater in '64. Mm-hmm. And so once he starts getting into why Goldwater is like the guy to choose. You can quit listening because it's not really worth it after that. But like the first 10, 15 minutes is just you listen to him. You're just like he's talking about how like he's like we spin because you know, they talk because it was not too the 60s was in too far after the Great Society and the War on Poverty. And he's like, you know, if we had just given the people the money, they could have sent all these kids to Harvard. But no. These people are still poor, so somewhere there is some overhead. <laughs> yeah, I get it, but I, I I don't know. I don't know. So, so okay. So what do you think of the of a national min, national minimum salary? Salary. Mm-hmm. Like you, every plan, every person above eighteen gets a certain paycheck. Yes. Whether they work or not. Whether they work or not. But they I'm get nothing it. else. I'm for it. Like no no welfare. I mean it is welfare, but no no right. other programs, no food yes. stamps, nothing. Yes, sure. I've I've been looking at it's like probably yes. like five five or ten years ago I'd tell you no, but like the more I think about it and the more I look at it, like A it's gonna cost about the same. I think you need that and I think you need universal health care on a basic level to actually cover it. And when I mean on a basic level, I mean healthcare on a level that just you don't die. Nothing, no, to, nothing to fix things that aren't necessary. I mean, yeah, okay, but so I think that's if you really wanted to have, because what you have to do is you have to take care of that part of the. There's just a certain percentage of people who aren't going to, and it is cheaper just to take care of them preemptively than it is reactively. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just like, here, take this and just go away and just be little shits. I mean, my version of reality is they would forfeit their rights. Mm-hmm. Right? So they don't, like, they're not allowed to vote? Not even that. It's even, it's even more than that. It's like, look, we'll provide a house. It'll have heat, air conditioning, Food, electricity, internet, and you have a job. But you don't get paid. And you don't get to complain about the job. And it would be just basic shit, like prison work. You would do farming. You would just do manual labor. You would just do the things that nobody else wants to do. And you would, that would be your payment to society. And it would be the things that don't even have to be a good job. They don't even have to do really that good of a job to do. And right. that's just, you know, it's just you forfeit all your rights. You you essentially are willing to be like, look, I don't really have to do anything, but I'm willing to give everything up. It's like you just live here. You live with everybody else that lives there. I don't know. It would be voluntary. Voluntary servitude. Right. I mean, I I would be okay with that. I mean, you'd have to put in a lot of protections because you know people, you know people you couldn't ruling pri- classes. You couldn't privatize it. Well, I mean, I think it's 
I don't think I know. You, I know. You think I mean, everything should be privatized. Well, no, no. I'm just saying that people in elected people in power want more right. power. Yes. And so is. I think uh, that's that's a problem. My man. version of reality is a utopian version of reality that requires no leaders. Mm. I don't. I don't. There is a difference between what I think should between what I know is possible to exist and what I would suggest that we try to actually achieve compared to what I think, you know, my perfect version of reality is like, if you make me like God and I can just start flipping switches and shit. Yeah. I do a lots of different things, but yeah. Free will is just such a bitch. It is an interesting thing. It is an interesting thing. It's an interesting thing, whether it even exists or not. Well, there, there is question of that too. Uh, interesting question. Sure. I mean, I got another one if you want. Go for it. Magic is real, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. What is your signature spell? What are you dishing out? Oh man. Mm-hmm. I always wanted telekinesis on a molecular level. I wanted to be able to affect the wind or make myself fly or be able to transform like just matter itself on a molecular level. So it's just like almost like the ultimate power, right? Mm-hmm. But I think if te- if um time travel is a magic power. Time travel is it, man. Man, magic is real. What is my signature spell? You want to know what I think you would be? Sure. You remind me of Gambit. You would be able to, like, th- just touch things and make them blow up. Like, be able to throw magic cards. No, that's the, yeah. Well, I think <laughs> I have a book series on audio. I have the entire series on audio. I'm going to get to you. Um, it's called The Dresden Files. Okay. And the lead character is Harry Dresden. Mm-hmm. In, uh, well, I mean, the book series is, it's on its 15th book, so it started in, like, right around 2000. And he is a wizard in Chicago in the year 2000. Okay. Oh, it's so good. Sounds awesome. Oh, it's, you know, in, like, the, the, the thing about the world is just about everything Everything is real. There are werewolves. There are vampires. There's multiple types of vampires. That actually sounds amazing. Apollo is real. Uh, Venus, real. Uh, God, like Christian God, real. Buddha, real. All of them oh. are real. Wow. Okay. Oh, it's, it's so good. Like the first couple books, like the reader is uh, kind of iffy, but he gets really good later on. Oh, it, and so that's like, whenever I think about real magic, like, that's the first place my mind goes to is like, the Dresden Files. Oh, it okay. is in like, um, like Santa Claus, real. He's, he's yeah, a, fa- he's a winter fairy. <laughs> uh, I like it. It was bad because, you know, my, my wife got me into these books a couple of years ago and I've, in the last couple of years, I've flown into Chicago a lot. And what's bad is like every time I see Chicago from the air, yep. like I want to just dress and rolling around somewhere. 
Yeah, so yeah. Um, I don't know what it'd be, but it would probably be like, I've always, I don't know. I've always like, I'm split between like some kind of awesome ice power and some awesome firepower. Okay. Just being able to just like, like, oh, Frozone and the incredible, right. just like throwing right. ice and shit. I mean, how cool would that be? Or a firebender. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay, that's fine. Either one of those would be fine for you, huh? You want to know something crazy? Hmm. Something about the information and the technology world we live in. Every two days, so like tomorrow and the day after that, right? we as a society will create as much information as we had as an entire species up until 2003. Makes sense. Does Everyone's it? a creator. Everyone's a creator, man. Right? All these pictures and Twitter posts and Facebook Instagram posts. Instagram and, and all yeah. that shit. I mean. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? Just peta. Like, I wonder just how much information is really out there. Enough to destroy us. Isn't that the truth? Mm-hmm. Enough to kill us all. Right. So, I don't know if anyone else noticed this, but last quarter, Apple sold 75 million iPhones. That is one percent, that is an iPhone for one percent of all of humanity. That's incredible. What is that, like, isn't that just like hard to comprehend? One percent of humanity owns a specific phone. <laughs> I think it's more prophetic, or whatever you want to say, that a, such a large percentage of human beings own the internet in their pocket. I can. Like, yeah, when are we really going to start seeing the fruits of that much information? That much easy access to information, like. Where's the next Leonardo da Vinci or, you know what I mean? The Galileos. Like, where's the next really smart person that has access to this? Like, what happens if da Vinci has access to the Internet? Maybe he doesn't create as much. Because he does it. Because it's all, you know, it's, it's sort of the all, all it's all been done. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's hard right. to be original. That's true. That's true. But, I mean... But we, every human society is always broken, broken out. Um, right. There's always been people who have dared to dream. Uh, I mean, sometimes I mean, in our in our world today, you know, we dared to dream of a social network, and it was Facebook. Yeah, welcome to Facebook. You know, and our dreams are small, but they're big and. You know, it's a weird dichotomy because, you know, in like the 60s, you know, space race, right? It was put a man on the moon. That was the world. That was every day of everyone's life was to put a man on the moon and beat the Russians, right? Mm-hmm. It was yep. much more of a combined visceral kind of we are we are a nation. And now it's much more of a individual 
thing, which I don't know, like, it's good in some ways and it's bad in some others, you know? So what do you think? Like, what are some of the pros and cons of the hyper-individual yet completely conglomerate United States that we have? Hyper-connected technology person Hyper-connected individual, but even... But at the same time, very conglomerate, you know, it's just... Um, I think there's great potential in the human race right now. You have this moment in time where nothing like this has ever existed, right? We've There's been moments in history where humans have accumulated vast knowledge. These giant libraries that were amazing. And then they always end up burning down. And um, this is the first time where we built it in a collective network where it won't burn down so easily. And it's so accessible. I don't have to go anywhere. And I have it right now. But there's also an issue with that where these devices are so... What's the word? Invasive? They're so... Like, leave your phone at home and see if you don't freak out. Drive out of the driveway and go, oh, shit, where's my phone? We all know that feeling. And I find myself at Starbucks or walking down the street in Houston, and it's like I, didn't, where I haven't even looked up in five minutes. I, I think I missed something. There might have been a pretty girl or, a, you know, a fun interaction. And I think we're sacrificing something more real right here and right now for a superpower and a disconnection I don't know I don't I think there's um great potential but with that potential it's just like any tool it's for good or evil or misuse what do you find most people do with their iPad a device which, yeah, exactly. A device, a device which used properly most likely has enough power to take you to the moon. And what is most everybody doing? We're playing Candy Crush. That's what we're doing. So I don't, I don't know. What do you think? Is it? What is it? Is it good or bad? Is it? What's the future for the human race or that that person that hyperconnected? conglomerate of information person. See, that's, that's the hard part I've been, I've been trying to, to think about and comprehend for a while now. You know, what, where are, you know, like, like I understand, like, so many people want to tell people they were there. They know they don't, they aren't actually there, if that makes sense. Like, they're so into taking the picture and posting it that they're missing so much. Like, one of the best things I ever did is the first year I went to Comic-Con, I left my phone at home. Really? For for five days, I, I was not connected. Okay. And, you know... The first time you went. What first, about the second? I took my phone. It was just as good. But I, but it was one of those things where I, the second time you go to com, like especially like Comic Con, like the fir- the the first and second times are so different. 
They're really? they're both really fun, but they're really fun for different reasons. Yeah, I know exactly what you're describing. So, you know, like the first time you go, it's new, and you've never ever seen anything like it. Right. The first time you get laid is a totally new experience, and then the second time is awesome, but it's not the first time. No, the second time was way better than the first time for me. But right, me too. <laughs> right. Okay, so maybe uh, Fallout. First time you played Fallout, it's an experience, and then the second time is a whole new one for a different reason. Right. Because, um, mm. you know, like the first time, you're still, you're still trying to figure out what you're doing and how it... Right. Because, I mean, there's a whole flow that you, you know, look back on. Um. And the second time, you know, you know kind of what you're doing. You know, it's a bit more, you, you can enjoy it more from, because you've been there and you know how things flow. You know how panels work. You know kind of when you need to be where. You know the city a little bit more. So, like, you don't need a sense as much, I guess. Hmm. The first time, like the first, like the first time you go, like it was, it's so cathartic to just look up. Right. I mean, I guess this is like so much stuff. It's like you just look up. Actually, I have, I have a blog post I wrote several years ago that kind of talks about this here. We'll put this in the show notes. Tell me this isn't on the nose. And I'll I'll let it out this this downtime while you while you read this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very close. I have to read it again and talk about it over. Mm-hmm. But it's a very good pot it's a very good post. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's pretty close to spot on. I you know, I feel like I would have to really read this over a few times. This is a great blog post. Like I recommend anybody listening to this should definitely highly click on this and read it. Yeah, I don't know. Um I heard something interesting today about the like the next generation, like the kids. Mm-hmm. There was they were interviewing a bunch of um little league coaches that have been doing it for a long time. And there's been a significant decrease in all sports in little leagues, which is oh, yeah. not not good for pro sports because it leads to less people actually into it. And the um, the reason given by all coaches universally universally was the fact that um you can't reset the game. <laughs> it's too hard to win. If you're losing, then you just have to play the game out and lose anyway. And the modern day generation doesn't want to do that, and I found that to be really interesting. Yeah, it's something I've thought about, especially because, especially like the AAA blockbusters and like you know those kind of games, I really don't like to play. Mm-hmm. Um, because you basically can't lose. Right. Well, yeah. I, I know people like talk about how like outdated the live system and everything was, and like Mario and stuff, but like that gave you gave it purpose. Like like there is nothing better than having two hit points left on your last life before a save spot. Yep. And getting there. Yep. And not like if you don't get there, you just go back to the most recent one. No, no. If you don't get there, you're done. It's over. Game over, man. 
No more continues, nothing. Do you remember, like, right past that stage when they first gave you saves? So you would go back to just, like, the beginning of the level or to, like, the nearest checkpoint? Mm-hmm. And you would accidentally go through the checkpoint with, like, one health? It's like, oh, here it is. My entire <laughs> save file at one health. <laughs> I now have to get to the next save thing or the yep. next health or uh-huh. the next thing on this one thing because I don't have a main save file. I only have the auto save. Yeah. Do you remember that experience? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or using quick save and accidentally quick saving over your really good save spot with like two <laughs> health <laughs> and you're in the middle of a big fight. You're in the middle of a fight. You're like in an elevator and the doors are closing. You're like, well... Shit. Yeah, and you're like, well, this is the only one I've gotten. I'm 16 hours in, so we're going to figure out how to do this perfectly. You play it over and, and over, over and over. Yep. You're like, I can headshot this guy, dive behind the barrel, kick the door down, shoot this guy in the head, and i got to do it perfectly, and then throw a grenade, and there's a stun grenade, and then there's a barrel. and Yeah. Absolutely, man. You motherfuckers that don't know what we're talking about are missing out. You should... Go figure that shit out. Oh, yeah. Go play some Quake, assholes. It's weird to me, like... Go play some Doom. My youngest brother probably cannot remember time before DVR. Yeah. And he's 12 now? Will be 12? He's 12? I mean, he really doesn't remember time before the iPhone. iPhone turned 7 this year. Yeah, you're right. Mm Mm-hmm. I can't believe I had a smartphone for seven years. Yeah, you're that guy. I, I am that you guy. Had, you had the first one. I remember we showed up in Dallas at my birthday. And yeah. you were like, look at this thing. And I remember I remember you handed it to me, and I was looking at it, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's it. That's the future. And now, we're all, like, we're all so going to own one of these. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it was so badass because your GPS would get you like within like four blocks of the restaurant. Yeah. Like, hey, I know we're close. We just gotta keep looking. Just gotta keep looking. It was awesome. <laughs> it was the future, man. That point click, the point, the pinch and zoom. Being able to move around websites, yeah. Have you ever tried to pinch and zoom a real map? I have. Oh yeah, I have too. <laughs> Put it on pictures or like, yeah, I have. Yep. I was actually in Chicago for for a thing and like there was a map laid out on the hotel um like a you know a, you know piece of paper so about the size of an ipad and there was a map on the table and i went and i flicked it open to try and get closer and i'm like and i did it three or four times before i realized it was a piece of paper <laughs> well i mean how long is it until that desk and that piece of paper is actually a touchscreen device that will pinch and zoom and allow you to access information. Oh, hell yeah. That, that, that's quickly becoming so cheap that it will, it'll happen soon. Well, okay, so you know there's the Microsoft Surface? Yeah. Well, the original Surface was an actual table, and they were designing it for, um, like, restaurants. I've seen this technology. So you would, like, so at the end of the meal, you just... Everyone put their cards on the table and you just drag what you like, what everyone wanted to pay for onto the card and it would charge it and you could sign it was, on the table. It was a lot cooler than that because you would sit down and you could drag open a menu and order your drinks and the waiter would bring it to you. 
and then you could drag open a menu and it would go to food and then a holographic image or a image on the surface of the table would show you what the food would look like and you could swipe to the left or right and then you could order your food and they would bring it to you and then from a menu you could order a cab or you could order alcoholic drinks or me and you could play games against each other until the next meal until our meal came it was awesome well, the like, technologies of shit. Chili's has started doing like a really small version of that. I don't know if you've been to Chili's recently. Yeah, that shit's annoying as fuck. It is, but it's yeah. there. Check your math. The percentage shit's way off. I was like, no, it's not. Nine dollars <laughs> is not fifteen percent. What are you talking? About? <laughs> Check that shit. They're not. That's not honest. <laughs> it's not. I bet. I bet there'll be a. There'll be, there'll be a. Some freaking paper about that shit. Oh, oh we've come so far. Yet I, f- yeah. yet I feel and I fear that we are either over the edge or on the edge. Like this. Like so, the- there's a there's a few things that are going to kill us. We're either going to nuke ourselves, or this climate change is actually going to end up mattering. Well, I think it's more, even if, even if none of that happens, I think we've hit the point to where, especially in the U.S., we are so comfortable we have stopped trying. Which is okay. Like, all of our shit. Stops advancement. Yeah, but all of our shit's awesome. And it hasn't stopped advancement. Like, we're still advancing. But maybe we don't need to advance as fast as we were. Like, my computer's awesome. It's we're starting to reach the limits of just general usability. Like I don't know how to push this thing any further. I mean, how much more badass can your TV get than 4K? Can you tell the difference between those 4K and the 8K displays? There's 8Ks now. Yeah, I've seen them beside each other. They're better than real life. I don't understand. That shit's so weird. You can look into a screen and it's like, I'm like, that's more detailed than if it was real right in front of me. I don't, I don't understand. I, I just assume that it's a detailed zoomed in version of the object, which is giving you that effect, but I don't know. The question is, is how much longer TV is going to last? I mean, how long before like VR actually hits where we've always thought it would be? That's the great. Because I I've, I've used an Oculus Rift and that have thing is you? yes that thing is legit. How is it as legit as they talk about? Yes, it really does like transform you into this another world I kind mean, of effect. You can still tell its graphics, right? But if you were to your let brain, yourself your brain go, is slightly tricked, huh? Yeah, and if you were to be in it for any extended period of time, you could do it. Yeah, you could totally do it. Especially what if you when if, they put 4K graphics in it, right? And the thing is, I was on the first version of the Oculus Rift, mm. and they're already on the second, which has even better graphics. I'm so excited! See, that's the reason we don't go to space. That's the reason we don't have any communications. That's the reason the whole universe isn't some interconnected web of beings that happen to be intelligent. It's because any beings that become intelligent intelligent enough to travel the universe are also intelligent to create digital realities that you can exist in. And those are infinite. Perhaps the world will die of neglect and 
Yeah, we're all just gonna die with our VR sets on. Yeah, we uh, Comic Con last year. They had a couple different booths that had uh, the Oculus, and the one we did was uh, basically the opening sequence from Pacific Rim, mm-hmm. where like you're in the Jaeger, and then the guy gets ripped out, and it's only like a minute, but it it's impressive. Epic, huh? And it's, because, I mean, as we're really deep in this podcast, we're probably no one will ever hear this, but, you know, I have a very severe eye condition. I basically have no depth perception. Right. I cannot see 3D movies, period. Mm-hmm. I could see the Oculus Rift. Really? Yes. It worked for you, huh? It worked. And that was, that was both amazing and scary at the same time. Right. Because I've never been able to do that before. Like, I mean, I can see it in real life, but right. I've never seen it graphically before. And I'm just, it, was, it was cool. Did it follow your head moment? Oh, yeah. That's awesome. And the thing is, is like, if they were to do, and they did some stuff, so like, I, if I remember right, like, you could move your hand and they had actually had a connect that would trace your hand movements. Mm-hmm. But if you, I mean, if you were to do just a little bit to get body movement into it, it would be, it would be a whole other world. See, I'm a firm believer that you don't even need to do body movement. Give me real world head movement and then just let me use my controller, like an N64 controller or the Xbox controller to move the character. Like, if I could play Call of Duty, but I'm running across the street, and I can look to my left, and my guy looks to the left, and it's in 3D, real-time head movement, your mind will quickly forget that you're not running, and it'll feel like you're running. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, right. you don't, that's uh, you not just, the, the, the hurdle. The hurdle is just give it to me in a headset that allows me to play video games with my controller, even. Right, and they're, they're doing a lot of that. I was just thinking, like... Um, like I don't need the connects to hand track my movement. Right, I was just thinking more like. of a uh, like a more of a demonstration because it was just really more of a right, you know, right, sit here watch this them. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. What I really think is interesting is the Oculus Rift idea of movies. Mm. Go back and watch Jurassic Park. Yeah, where you have three hundred and sixty degree view at all times. You can just look around and see what's going on. And you can watch what's important, or you can look around and see what's just, you know, happening in the woods. Right. That would be awesome. It'll happen. It'll happen. Oh, it'll yeah, we'll get that. We'll no, get that. Um, they've, there's already been one. An Oculus really? movie, yeah. That's like, awesome. I don't I think it's a short film, but... It's the future, gentlemen. It ladies, is the future. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Predators and aliens. Right. Find someone you can hold close. Androids. <laughs> okay, so we're just going all over the place right now, which probably because it's almost 1 a.m. here, but hey, it's yeah. just what it is. So you ever have one of those like tweets that you just feel super proud because it's super simple, but it just works? I think I have. Okay, so this one guy, I can't remember his I can't remember who exactly who it was off the top of my head right now, but he tweeted, um, you can't put your dick in a hologram. <laughs> and I saw that, and I just hit reply and put in yet. 
it's in. <laughs> I was like, that is, I was like, that was one of those times I was like, yes, I just won the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, Jacob has won the internet right there. You did win the internet. <laughs> oh, it was so good. Little victories, man. Little victories. That's what we're looking for. It's the little things. All right. If you got another question, give it to me. If not, we'll, we'll call it a night because I am getting tired. I think we'll have to call it a night. Because right. the things I have to talk about are like VPIs and our VPNs and Tor and FBI hacking. And I think we can leave that till next time. Till next time. Alright, All right, sir. Have a good one. Yeah, and too. please, please stay tuned for the live performance from Professor Elemental. Everyone, have a good night. It's brilliant. So, um, so uh, all of those nerds, uh, who's ever been to a convention, any kind of convention, Doctor Who convention? I love conventions, man. I absolutely love it. Like, if you are in Leeds High Street in your Galactus cosplay made out of shoeboxes, they will mock you. But at the right convention, you will be worshipped as a god. That's the way life should be. It's a wonderful thing. So, any nerds who, uh, you know, if there's anybody here who's got kind of their particular thing, no matter what it is, find a convention, go to it, you will find lovely, like-minded people, and it's a glorious thing. So hit it, Mr. Soundman, if you'd be so very kind. And I will guide you through the world of the conventions. <clears throat> Up on your feet, first day of the con. Got to look unique, cosplay, get it on. Strap on your cape, your wings, your thong. Pop on the top hat, pick yourself bronze. I know you and you know me. This is the week that we break free. Let's can't see, let it watch TV. Remake the world into what it should be. Never grow up in passion, playing, show up, wearing our Outside the line, all standing, waiting, heroes, villains, angels, saints. You finally found your tribe, right here, right here inside. All worth it, all worthy. I don't know why they all haven't got bronies. For those people who don't know what a brony is, it is a grown-up human being that is really into my little pony. Yeah, man! If there is anybody who thinks that is weird, take a good, hard look at what you like doing. Yeah. <laughs>